And now, because the children are our future, here are the children of Springfield Elementary with a song they call The Children Are Our Future. Children? Children, children, future, future. Are you ready for the children? Whoa, whoa, whoa. never wanted a beer worse in my life. <gasps> I love you, honey. Are you talking to me or the beer? To you, my bubbly, long-necked, beechwood-aged lover. Children, children, children of the future. Kids! Ah! <laughs> Cree and you who, and welcome to the Cree You Who podcast. My name is Andrew, and I will share my knowledge of the Gaul freely. I'm excited on the inside. Uh, learning curve. This was a very subdued episode with quite a few points. I'll just tell you now. There's one, two, three, four, five, six points. So that's um, very low scoring. But I would actually rate this as one of the better Stargate SG-1 episodes, which is... I guess a bit of a shame that, uh, in this case, the points program is not lining up with my personal feelings. I, I guess that's what the wild card points are for. I could just give it <laughs> 10 wild card points and that way it would boost it a bit. But anyway, here we are. I tried to stick with the program. Oh, can you hear my stomach growling? Just had my morning coffee. Good old Stargate episode to start the day. It's been a fun day. Now, this episode was written by Heather E. Ash, who wrote quite a few others. Let's just click onto her bio and see what else she did. Foothold, New Ground, Beneath the Surface, Rite of Passage, Disclosure, oh, excerpts. So some good episodes coming up. Um, good for her. I'm glad she did this one. Now, this one... Of course, it's another one of these ones with an ambiguous title, and I couldn't remember what was coming up for this. So I was, again, surprised to see some of this really classic SG-1 stuff that I remember coming much earlier than I remember. But that just goes to show that Season 3 is the one that starts to really blow me away. They're really uh, punching above their weight, hitting a higher average or something. I don't understand baseball. Austin Powers, he's the snake to my mongoose. Or the mongoose to my snake. Either way, it's bad. I do new animals. I mean, I will go through the episode um, point by point, but overall, let me just sort of sum up um, my feelings. It was a little strange how they spent so long, like 25 minutes, building up the whole Daniel Jackson's uncovering a culture thing. Tilka is concerned about sharing information about fighting the go old. Um, all these people are learning things. All the kids are coming and going. Apprentices just pop in and out, and there's a little bit of confusion. And eventually, we get the information. You know, the penny drops. Oh, these kids are being fucking harvested. <laughs> "Quote unquote," graduating. It all starts here in the high density feedlot. Then, when the cattle are just right. Mm. It's time for them to graduate from Bovine University. 
Come on, Jimmy. Let's take a peek at the killing floor. <gasps> Don't let the name throw you, Jimmy. It's not really a floor. It's more of a steel grating that allows material to sluice through so it can be collected and exported. Um, so I feel like the, the whole crux of this episode is, okay, the, we're gonna give these children back knowing what's gonna happen to them. And that's where the episode actually kicks off into the good stuff. Um, so I think they wasted quite a lot of time in the beginning just setting that up. All they, they, you know, that could have taken five minutes. That could have been the first thing that they learned about this new society on Orban. Oh, by the way, we take our children and do this. Because the really good stuff about this episode was um, as soon as O'Neill gets wind of this, suddenly this episode morphs and transforms into the Colonel Jack O'Neill fatherhood episode that we never knew he wanted but desperately needed. This one is so good. I mean, I must admit, it actually took me a second to click Oh, he's projecting all of his shit about his own dead son, Charlie and <laughs> Tyler. Um, that's why this is all about Jack O'Neill. It, it actually, yeah, I'm dense. And uh, it's been so long, I'd kind of put it to rest in my own brain. But that's what this episode is all about. Now, remember, of course, Singularity, the episode with Cassandra, the little girl is found on the planet, and immediately Major Samantha Carter is tagged by the writers. Tag, you're it. You get to go all googly and weak at the knees and become the mother figure in this episode for no reason, even though it's out of character and it would be much more in character for Jack O'Neill. And for that matter, both Singularity and this episode, Learning Curve, what about Teal'c? There's a little twig at Tilk at the end where he sort of recognizes that other kid that was learning from him. Toman? Toman? Tomanam? Something like that. But Tilk is feeling 100% of the time the separation from his son and his family. But they never go into Tilk with, with the fatherhood issues, do they? That would have made so much more sense. And again, in this episode... So, remember... Samantha Carter, all weak at the knees, completely thrown off her confident stride, um, career woman stride by this little girl Cassandra, is ready to die down in a hole with her for no reason other than that she made her cry with compassion. In this episode, could not give less of a shit about Marion. <laughs> I mean, all the protesting is done by O'Neill and a little bit of Daniel Jackson and Teal'c. Am I wrong? But Samantha Carter barely even registers that she notices what's going to happen to this Marin girl. It's such a bizarre reversal of fortunes or destinies or character arcs and traits. So, yes, it was great. It was actually a really, really, really good episode because of all the O'Neill fatherhood stuff, but they really could have ooh, gone to so many other places. And while I'm on the point, um, missed opportunity again, this could have been a General Hammond episode, because for goodness sakes, he's later on going on about his granddaughters. Ooh, 
this little girl could have been his granddaughter. Why wasn't Hammond, you know, going all Jack O'Neill on this? We get the knees and gooey. And maybe Daniel Jackson was the one who has to talk him out of it. Daniel Jackson being the only one without children, sort of. Um, but, you know, Carter's got Cassie. But uh, you know what I mean? Wouldn't that have been a different episode where Hammond has to... You know, he's the one who has to disobey his higher-up orders and send the kid back and has to let Dr. Daniel Jackson, the only man who can actually say the truth to him because he's not military, um, Daniel Jackson has to talk him into it for the sake of building the relationship between these worlds. You're like, maybe he finds something that says they helped, they fought the gold off from this invasion back on this planet. This is what the archaeological evidence says. And Hammond has to make the tough calls. That would have been a really juicy episode right there. I'm just rewriting this now. <laughs> so let me just quickly go through it. I've covered the main points, I feel. But just to go point by point, I mean, what have we got? Number one, Daniel Jackson helping a bunch of people in robes excavate Aztec stuff, as you do. I noticed in this episode they spent some good money on the CGI puddles and kawoosh from the Stargate. Normally, you've noticed this before, of course, they'll play the sound effect and cut to a camera somewhere else and then the blue lighting turns on so that they can avoid actually having to see the CGI puddle and the kawoosh. It saves some dosh there. Um, but now, I guess they've used, they're using some cheaper CGI program that looks better, so they're showing it all the time. They have that kawoosh that comes right out in front of their faces. Yay! Good to see it. Um, we got, uh, yeah, we're bringing Marin back through the gate. Have we learned nothing? We're bringing people back through the gate. We've got Cassandra. We've got Ritu. We've got uh, Hathor. No, she was already on Earth. I take that back. We've, you know, have we learned nothing? I mean, when Marin's in the lab with Carter and they're talking, and then Janet Fraser comes in with that big, broad smile on her face. Um, she's like, I just need to borrow you for a few more tests. Nothing to worry about. And gives this really meaningful look at Carter. I, You know, they should have just slipped in. Uh, I just need to borrow her for some more Cassie tests. Everything's fine. Wink, twitch, twitch, twitch. That's <laughs> the code word, code word. We brought back a kid with fucking Naquita nanites in her brain again. We have learned nothing. <laughs> anyway, um, what do we got? We got, uh... Let me just top them up. We've got one point... Two points for push and swells, two points for front gate guys, and then I gave it two wildcard points later on when Samantha Carter says, All the interesting things that happened to me happened after 15. Like what? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Back of my Air Force General Dad's private plane, maybe. So that's the total of six points. I'm not actually going to go through the episode. This is a little, little bit of a different podcast today. I've just blurted out the main bits and I'll just sort of touch on the specifics briefly. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Yeah, <laughs> that kid who shows up and says, I'm your new apprentice. And uh, Tilk says to him, what is your purpose? It made me think of Rick and Morty. What is my purpose? Pass the butter. Thank you. 
What is my purpose? You pass butter. Oh my god. Yeah, welcome to the club, pal. And, you know, there's some good lines in here with Jack O'Neill and revisiting the whole tension between science techno babble and, and, and cultural anthro babble and Colonel O'Neill not understanding any of it. So in one sense, uh, you know, he's more of a kid than this Marin girl. <laughs> Marin does not compute this word fun. Let me, te I am here to teach you about the, the Naquita reactor. And then Carter sounds like fun to me. <laughs> this is all, this is all good lines, good lines in here. Um, uh, blah, 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 Carter in her drawing classes. That's sweet. We had Tilk earlier drawing their little picture of the orange sky beam back in the episode, the first commandment. Now Carter is doing some <laughs> drawing as well. Uh, who else is going to draw some stuff for us? Stay tuned. It's funny to me that Carter falls asleep completely tuckered out in the middle of this lecture from Marin because it really it, it's kind of designed to not emasculate effeminate no what's the word for when this Samantha Carter has been out Samantha Carter she's finally found a younger blonder cuter smarter version of her who can go science all day and never stop and um it's too much for Carter and it's supposed to like show her up, sort of. But in you know, in the end, it just makes me respect Samantha Carter a whole lot more because the only improvement you could make on Samantha Carter, complete badass, is that you would have to never sleep to be as smart as her. <laughs> You'd have to work twenty four hours out of the day, <laughs> not just twelve. <laughs> so it actually reinforces just what a complete awesome babe she is. Um. Another note I've got here, as you can hear, I'm kind of skipping through most of them. I've sort of touched on it. But one good note worth stopping on. Daniel Jackson wearing the do-rag. <laughs> you know, when he's wearing that stupid wide-brimmed hat, eh, I can take it or leave it. But Daniel Jackson in a do-rag, now we're talking Stargate. This is my kind of Stargate. <laughs> and it's so funny, the bits about Carter um, building a freaking... <laughs> uh, quote-unquote device in her lab just like just it's it's a bomb it turns into a bomb later what she builds here is like the prototype um, <laughs> sets it off just a regular old energy kaboom and then all the alarms go off and uh, it's kind of that thing uh, I've mentioned it in the previous podcast if you work at the SGC there must be shit like this every day there must be fucking on level 27, oh, we're dealing with that virus they brought back. Uh, <laughs> level 26, oh, we've got some electromagnetic pulses setting off all the alarms. Level 25, we've got those little worm things that have been burrowing into all the food and everybody's digestive systems. Level 24, we've got some negotiations going down between... <laughs> it's just shit in, shit out every single day at the SGC. Just chaos. And General Hammond's little awesome line there. <clears throat> Major, I would appreciate it in future if you informed me before you activated anything involving the word reactor. <laughs> and she's like, ooh, yes, sir. <laughs> Tug at the collar. Gull. I just got so caught up in the science. 
It was so much fun. <laughs> and then at the end, what happens? O'Neill abducts her and takes her to school. And, um, weirdly shows up and, like, is friends with all the kids. And when I was watching this, all the other times, I guess I never noticed this for some reason. But, like, watching it today, I'm like, why does Jack O'Neill know all of these ten-year-old children? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is weird. Um, but it turns out he's, like, Cassie's fun uncle or something like that, I guess is the thing. Because they have the, their little name drop, line drop. How's Cassie doing up in junior high? <laughs> That's a convenient way to leave her out of the episode. Speaking of my ranting, let's go back one more time here. Why isn't Janet Fraser losing her shit over this new kid, Marin, with nanites in her brain, just like Cassie, being used for the betterment of a species in a culture we don't agree with? Why isn't Janet Fraser like, I'm putting my foot down, I'll take all the galaxy's lost children. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Cassie at home, who will be this girl Marin's beautiful, happy little family, new stepsister, adopted stepsister, whatever. <laughs> All the galaxy's orphans end up at Janet Fraser's house. No, apparently not. Apparently not. Like I said, they could have given this kid to any number of characters in this episode, but they gave it to Jack O'Neill to go gooey over. Um... And there's all that fun stuff about art class, and uh, I'm in the lockdown right now, uh, we all, you know, and uh, we're just freaking out about, am I being productive enough, I'm not doing enough stuff every day, no, no sometimes you just gotta do some fun stuff, like watch Stargate, and rant about it on a podcast. In the end, O'Neill has to give up the girl, and she leaves, and she does the salute, I have learned a lot. Yeah, so have we. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Samantha Carter. We've all learned a lot. Thanks for spelling that out. Everybody's learned something. We're all better people today. Bye-bye. They go through the gate, and the episode is over. Or is it? Now, I was absolutely fine with a sad ending, or an ambiguous ending right there. Absolutely fine for them to leave it right there. They had to sacrifice one kid for the greater good of both planets. You should be ashamed. Calling yourself a community that cares. Oh, but we do care, Nicholas. It's all about the greater good. The greater good. How can this be for the greater good? The greater good. In the common, the fight against the common enemy, the gold. It was meaty. They had to make a tough choice. Uh, that's what good character stuff is made of in fiction. And real life, too. But, uh, no, no, no. The episode isn't over. There's a happy ending. They tack it on to the end there. 60 seconds. There's a transmission. We have to go to this planet. And guess what? Your turn! And everybody's learning the old-fashioned way, and everybody has got a piece of what they taught that one girl. So they freed a civilization by changing one mind at a time. And that's a very convenient way of wrapping up the whole thing. This is what we stand for. We, we change one person. Oh, and look at all the good we did. Yeah, thanks. And, of course, we end on Jack O'Neill. Ever seen a dog? 
<laughs> Jack O'Neill has a two-track mind. Fishing dogs. <laughs> As I say, sum this up, wrap it up at six points. Great episode. Could have done so much more with it, but, uh, oof. Hits you in the feels. Thanks for listening. Join me next time. We can't even think of the world